Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. What you continually feed on does matter because what you are feeding on is feeding on you. What you think about, what you meditate on. If we're looking at uh, pornography, we're, we're, we're around a lot of negative people speaking negative words. We think, well, I can handle it. But it's not so much you're handling it, it's beginning to handle you. And it will slowly break you down. It will break your faith down. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I'm ready to get into God's rich word today, and I pray that you are ready to be, to be present, to be here. And I'm thankful for all of you that are here today and all of you that have made it out uh, online, the, all of you that are joining us online right now from all around the world, we thank you for joining us. Whether you're joining us by way of YouTube, by Roku, or uh, there are so many places, or whether you're listening to us by way of radio or podcast, we want you to know that you are welcomed and that you are so loved. Thank you for being a, a part of our service today. And thank you also, our wonderful partners from all around the world. You're partnering with us in your prayers and in your financial giving and, you, and also in your encouraging words. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for going to our website at kingdomrock.org and for giving online and for being a part. I can't thank you guys enough for helping us to pull this gospel plow uh, to, letting, to let people know all around the world the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Thank you for giving. And if you haven't given, then you, of course, can go to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the Give button there, and you can give into the ministry as well. I pray today will be a rich blessing for you. Amen. Amen. Well, as you know, this series comes with a confession. So we're going to go ahead and confess this word and continue to confess it and keep it before us uh, always. So if you would, just confess this with me. And it goes like this, because of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I am forgiven. Colossians 1.14. All my sins have been washed away. 1 John 1.7. I have peace with God. Romans 5.1. I have been made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I am forever perfected and sanctified, being made holy. Hebrews 10, 14. I am not now, nor will I ever be condemned by God. Romans 8, 1. I am loved and accepted in the presence of God. John 3, 16. Ephesians 1, 6. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Praise God Almighty. All right, in this series, the Lord has been impressing upon our hearts uh, to stay focused on Christ, to, to follow what he is, to listen to what he is saying, to do what he says, do. You want to keep your focus on him. What he does, you want to do. What he says, you want to say, because it's important now in this hour more than ever before. He doesn't want you to be distracted, and there are a lot of distractions but you must keep your focus on Christ. 
Now your very life can really depend upon it. So please keep your focus on Christ. Last week we spoke from the subject of, or the subtitle of Feed on Jesus, Feed on Christ. And today we're going to go into a part two of that, Feed on Christ. So you need to be listening. I'm thankful that you are. The last time we were here, we talked about how Jesus fed the 5,000. And really, true estimates, it was more than five. It was 5,000 men that were fed. But of course, there are always a lot more women in church than men. And of course, that doesn't also include the children. So best estimates, we could be talking around 15 or 15 or so thousands of people. A lot of people were there. And he fed them with uh, five loaves and two fishes. He greatly multiplied it so that everyone were fully satisfied and there were fragments left over. As we said, after the Lord fed them, he and disciples, he and the disciples went away and the people that were fed began to seek after Jesus. And when they found him, they asked him, Rabbi, where did you go? Jesus, where did you go? Uh, where, where did you go? How did you get here? Because we understand that Jesus walked on the water to go to the disciples on the other side there. So they didn't know how Jesus left. But when they found him, Jesus begins to speak to them here in John, the sixth chapter, verse 26 and 27. And it goes like this. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw or ye saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Verse 27, he says, labor, labor not for the meat that perishes, but for, the, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you, for him hath the Father sealed. I want you to notice something here in verse 26 once again. The Lord says, you don't seek me because of the miracles. Miracles would imply that you're seeking the God of the miracles or the source of the miracles. You're seeking me. No, you're not seeking me, he was telling them. You're seeking what I have done for you. And there's a difference. You're not seeking the heart, he was telling them. You're not seeking the, my heart. You're trying to seek what's in my hand. Yes. And you're going to find that thing throughout, uh, throughout. And he begins to correct them here in verse 27. 27 says again, and this is where we will get our, really our thought from today that the Lord wants to convey to you. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that I will be, be able to convey that to your people uh, through the power of the Spirit. Verse 27 says again, the Lord begins to correct them. He says, labor not. Labor means to, uh, to put your efforts or your focus towards. So you can say, the Lord is saying here, don't put your efforts or your focus on the meat that perishes. The word perish there simply means to end. Don't put your efforts or your focus on the meat that will end, but put your efforts or your focus on the meat that will endure, uh, that will endure unto everlasting life, which, by the way, the Son of Man, Jesus, will give you. I want you to notice this word meat here because it travels, the Lord brings it out in two different contexts. He first says that there is a meat that will end. And then he said there, there was a meat that will go into eternal life. It's important that you understand the difference of the two. Now, the word meat 
in this context comes from the Greek word brosesis. Brosesis. I've had a lot of fun with this word this week. Hey, brosesis. What's up, man? Yeah, that's how I have remembered it. James, bro, ceases. I'm sure that's how you will remember it, too. Hey, what happened to ceases? Hey, bro, ceases, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've had a lot of fun with that word this week. Bro, ceases. I want you to understand what bro, ceases talks about. Bro, ceases. Bro, ceases. So the Lord says again, labor not for the bro, ceases, which will end, but the bro, ceases, which will uh, endure into eternal life. All right, so look at brosesis. Brosesis means the act of eating. It means that which is eaten. It means food or nourishment. It also talks about, brosesis also talks about uh, of the soul's food, either which refreshes the soul or nourishes and supports it. This is soul food. He's talking about soul food. He's not so much talking about the loaves that they just ate, that natural food, but he's talking about soul, uh, food for your soul, what will satisfy or nourish or supply to your soul. Then also brosesis means, this is very powerful, brosesis in the wide sense also means corrosion. In other words, uh, so corrosion, and we think about corrosion like a, uh, on, uh, on some type of metal like iron. And the end results of corrosion on metal like iron is what we call rust, corrosion. Brosesis in the wider sense means corrosion. Listen to this. That means that this word brosesis is not only talks of talking about what you eat or what's nourishing you, but it's also talking about what is eating on you. It's not just what you eat, but what's eating you. Now that's big. There are two types of brosesis. Again, one that will end and one that will lead you into eternal life. The Lord says, don't labor for the brosesis or that that nourishes you and that that feeds on you, which will end. But lead, but focus on the one, put your efforts on the one that you not only eat, but also that eats on you, that corrodes on you. Now, if you look at the word brosesis, again, uh, meaning corrosion, and the end part of corrosion is rust, right? Let me show you how this word is also used in, uh, in Matthew, the sixth chapter. And this is going to help you bring it closer to you, and then we'll go ahead and define it even more. Matthew, the sixth chapter, this is the same word as written here. Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21. It says this, the Lord saying, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doeth corrupt. The word rust there, if you look, up, if you look that up, that's, that is the word brosesis. It is translated rust here. But again, in, uh, in John 6, is translated meat. It's the same word, meaning corrosion. All right, not only to nourish, but also to corrosion. Also to, uh, uh, it means rust here unto uh, corrupt. Rather, let me read it again. It says, lay not, for your, lay not up for yourselves treasures where, uh, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth 
or rust do it corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust do it corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So notice here the moth will eat fabric, eat away your fabric. And the rust eats away at metals that we have stored up. So you say, well, who is eating away my treasure here on earth? Well, the thieves will come in and steal it and the moths will come and eat it up. But who is devouring or eating up or corroding my treasure? It's either you or somebody that you know that got that knows you got treasure. People have a way of taking money from you if you allow them to. And we have a way of spending it a lot faster than we can get it in. The Lord says, don't lay up your treasure here where moth uh, corrupts, whether where moth and uh, rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But uh, what I want you to see that this is the same word, brosesis, which is interpreted here as rust. So again, uh, this word brosesis not only reflects uh, what you feed on, but what's feeding on you. Now, the light, kingdom of light, and the kingdom of darkness, both use brosesis. The devil uses brosesis uh, in an effort to corrode the good on your soul. He wants to corrode the good on your soul, uh, to break it down, to break down your faith. So he will give you opportunities to feed on something. He'll give you opportunities to feed on worry. And don't you understand that as you meditate on worry, worry is also feeding on you. It's feeding on your faith. As you meditate on, uh, on, on, on things of sadness and loneliness and depression, all these negative emotions, or, or if you're spending too much time watching the news or social media, or if you're around a lot of negative people all the time, not only is it going through your mind, but it's also corroding your faith. It is breaking your faith down. And the thing about corrosion, if you were to also do a little research on it, Corrosion happens by way of the environment. Things just don't naturally corrode. If it's a, an iron, uh, if it's a metal like iron, uh, when water and air combine on its surface, it begins to break the surface down. And little by little, it begins to rust. And as the surface continues to break down, it begins to get very brittle. And eventually, what that thing, the thing that was once very strong is now brittle and it breaks easy. That's exactly what the devil wants to do with your faith. You're strong in faith now, but if you allow that substance, that uh, that corrosive material to remain on you, remain in your thinking, not only again, are you thinking about it? Are you nourishing yourself with negative things? But that thing is also being nourished by you. It is like uh, some sort of vampiric spirit or some type of uh, invisible plague, uh, some type of invisible acid, if you will, that begins to eat away at your faith. Now, if the devil is successful at doing this, you won't want to pray anymore. You won't want to go to church anymore. You won't want to open your Bible anymore. It is successful. He's been successful at corroding your faith, and it works from the outside in, outside, through, and it destroys layers, destroys layers. 
Now, again, brosesis is used in the kingdom of darkness and also in the kingdom of light. When God uses brosesis, the meat that endures into eternal life, he's breaking down the layers of evil on your soul, breaking down the layers of wickedness on your soul. Every time you meditate in the word of God and you declare his word openly, it's getting in you and it's also getting on you. And God's using it to prune or to cleanse the wickedness. Again, the evil, the evil faults and patterns of your life. He's using that to corrode or break down the layers of evil, evil thinking, evil patterns or wickedness. That's what's happening. So the Lord Jesus is telling them, he said, don't labor for the brosesis that basically breaks you down and you will expire just like that. But labor for the one, focus on the one that will endure into eternal life. Again, both the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light use brosesis. Brosesis is a busy man. You'll maybe get that a little bit later. So what you continually feed on does matter. Because what you continually feed on is feeding on you. Let me say that again. What you continually feed on does matter because what you are feeding on is feeding on you. What you think about, what you meditate on. If we're looking at uh, pornography, we're, we're, we're around a lot of negative people speaking negative words. We think, well, I can handle it. But it's not so much you're handling it, it's beginning to handle you, and it will slowly break you down. It will break your faith down. So I tell you, watch your associations. Please watch your associations. Please watch your associations. If they're constantly negative around you, it's just not you saying, oh, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just here. Unless you are building yourself up and fortifying yourself in the word of God, speaking it aloud on a daily basis, that environment can be corrosive. And it can uh, diminish your faith. It's not, again, just what you're feeding on, what's nourishing what's nourishing you, but it's a, it can be a parasite that's feeding on the surface of you and draining you. You have to watch it. So please hear that word. Now, if you are tied up in this and you find it difficult to break out of the cycle, because once that worry gets a hold of you and you know it begins to feed on your thinking, feed on you. And it's difficult for you to shake it. It's hard for you to shake it. Anger can be another type of brosesis that we'll we'll nourish ourselves and think about. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. And you feel it and you seethe in it. You you feel it all on you and you find it hard. You don't want to be angry anymore. You don't want to be depressed anymore. You don't want this negativity in your life anymore. And it's hard to shake it once it's on you. Once that corrosion process starts, it's hard to shake it off of you. There are three things or five things that you can do to help break that off of you. One, you're going to have to renounce the evil. Renounce it. Say, Father, I renounce whatever this evil thing is. I renounce these evil thoughts. I renounce these perverted thoughts. I renounce this anger, this frustration. I renounce it in the name of Jesus. I will not eat from that 
I renounce it in Jesus name and then confess and acknowledge the light. Lord, I receive your word on this. I receive joy. I receive peace. I receive what you have for me. And as you again, renounce the things of darkness and confess and acknowledge the things of light, you begin that will begin to begin the process of turning. Remember what you're feeding on is also feeding on you. What you're feeding on is also feeding on you and it begins to break you down. Second thing you need to do is meditate on the light, meditate on meditating God's word. Thirdly, you need to begin a Thanksgiving list. If you find these negative things constantly on you and it's hard for you to shake, begin a Thanksgiving list. Make a list of things that you are thankful for and it will help you break that stuff off of you. And four, celebrate God's goodness in your life. Celebrate God's goodness. If you're surrounded by negativity and that negativity is corroding you and you're causing your faith to rust, guarantee you, you're not walking around with a smile on your face. You need to begin to celebrate. And when you celebrate the goodness of God, it breaks that stuff off of you. And last, you need to hear fresh bread. Hear fresh bread. That is your time of prayer. You're listening. Remember, the Lord said, Jesus told us to pray, Father, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. It says, the Lord said, our daily bread, meaning that that bread belongs to you. That fresh bread is yours. It is possessive. Ours. It is your possession. It is waiting there for you. Jesus said, Father has fresh bread for you, but you've got to seek him for it. You've got to seek him for it. And Jesus told you to pray, pray our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then the very first thing, give us this day our daily bread because the father always has a fresh word for you. Always has a fresh word for you. So that's in your time of prayer time, your time of devotion time. And then there's also in the assembly. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 25. Hebrews 10, uh, verse 25, it says this, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near and is nearer now than it was then. Don't forsake the voice that God has given you through your church leadership, through your pastors, through your through the leadership of the church. Don't forsake that voice. If at all possible, you need to, to be here. If at all possible, online community, you need to make it if at all possible. When the Lord brings forth the word on a Sunday morning or on a Thursday night in our case, if you can't be here, you need to hear the word that God has given you. Amen. If the Lord has called you to be in the local assembly, then he has a word specifically for you. Now, there are a lot of other great Bible teachers out there in the world, and you will receive a good general word from them. But the specific word that God has for you will be in the place where God has planted you. You have to know where God has planted you. Even in the local church, when prayers are made for you, they're not made generally. They're made specifically 
with you in mind, with your individual's name called out. Because God has a word for you specifically in that house. Do not forsake a simple word for a complex word. I heard that as well. Do not forsake a simple word for a word that is complex. We may go around the world and say, oh, that's some deep teaching over there. I need to hear that deep teaching. I need to hear that deep teaching. Well, you receive that deep teaching and no sooner than you've heard it, you've forgotten it. People have forsaken the simple for the complex. That is the ever learning, another sign of the end times, ever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. Do not forsake the assembly. Do not forsake the word that God has given to you. Now I heard this as well. There are three reasons, three possible reasons why church members can't receive or don't receive from their pastors. Three reasons. One, because they're offended. Offense. You can't receive from someone when you're offended with them. Secondly, lack of prayer for the leadership, lack of prayer for the pastors. If you don't pray for them on a continual basis, remember this person is carrying the word of God at fresh bread for your life. And if you didn't need them, God would not have told you to be there. There is still a need for the fivefold ministry. So secondly, if you can't receive, it's because you're not praying. Thirdly, you're not receiving because there's a lack of connection to the ministry. Lack of connection. You're really not connected. Jesus says, uh, uh, where your treasure is, there will, there will your heart be as well. So if you're not connected there financially, you're not connected there in prayer, you're not connected there in service, you're, you're not connected there in time, you're not connected, and it's going to be very hard for you, for you to receive what's going on. So I pray that you got that. You prayed you got that. But getting back to John, the sixth chapter, and we're going to go just a little bit longer, and then we'll be closing out today. John, the sixth chapter, getting back. As we look at this again, you get to choose on what you feed on. And in the context of John, the sixth chapter, the Lord talks about religion and relationship, light and darkness. Now, Satan wants you to feed off of religion. Because if you feed off religion, you'll never be good enough. You'll never feel good enough. You'll never arrive to the place where you feel that, that God has accepted you. You'll always be laboring for his acceptance. You'll always be laboring for him. Always be laboring, always be working, always be trying so diligently on getting God to accept you, on God to like you, on trying to get God's favor, on trying to get, trying to get God's blessings, trying to get the Father's hands on your life. Religion always puts the focus on you and what you've done right or what you've done wrong. Religion always get, puts you in mind of your own sins and your own unworthiness. And that's exactly where Satan wants you to be because then you are controllable. All he has to do when you need to have a bad day is just show you what bad things you've done. And he shuts down your entire world. Someone asks you, God says, go pray for so-and-so. Well, if you're in the, if you're feeding on religion, the devil comes in and says to you, well, who are you to pray for them? Look what you did. 
He forces the enemy forces your focus back on you. That's what religion does. It it focuses your uh, you on self and it takes the focus away from Christ. If you are feeding on religion, you're not focusing on Christ. You're focusing on you. We say it's for him, but it's really about you. You say, I'm trying to abstain from fornication, trying to abstain from this and that because I want to be good enough for the Lord. But if you're in religion, all you're doing, you you say it's for good reasons. But really, it's just focused all on you and how you do well. And really, when you're in religion, if you do good, you think you'll get good. And if you do bad, you think you ought to get bad. But Jesus didn't come to give you religion. He came to give you a relationship. And that is what he was talking about specifically here in John, the sixth chapter. He told them, don't labor for that meat that perishes. Religion, because they begin to ask him, Lord, what do we need to do? That's a religious work. Let's read this. Let's go back. John six, chapter verse 26. As we begin to close out, John six, verse 26 says, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because you ye did eat and because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. He says here, uh, now in short, he's saying, You're seeking what you're not seeking me, you don't want me, you just want what I can do for you. And that's a stark contrast between religion and relationship. So again, Jesus corrects them and he says, labor not for the meat which perishes. That's religion. But for the meat which endures unto everlasting life. That's relationship. That's relationship. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Which he, will, which he shall give unto you. For him hath the Father sealed. So again, This meat of religion will not satisfy you, but the meat of relationship will satisfy you completely, will satisfy you. It's our choice as to what side of the table you want to eat off of. So again, if you are religious, if you, I hear people say, you're a very religious person, aren't you? And I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. You're very, you're very religious, aren't you? You're very religious. I understand what they're saying. Bless the Lord. But don't curse at me like that. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. They see you doing good works. They see you acknowledging God. They see you serving. They're praying. And they, the world, sees that as religion. But if my efforts are to do these good things so that I can be pleasing to God, then that would be religion. But if I do good things because I'm pleasing to God, that's relationship. That his goodness flows through me because because I'm accepted by him. Because I have experienced his love, because I know he loves me, I can't help but to love others. There's a difference. So, again, religion makes you look good in front of people. You can be very religious 
And people will say, oh, you look, oh, you are so holy. Oh, look at you. But God says, it's complete vanity. Religion gives you a false sense of security because, again, it makes you look at you. And if you think you're doing better than somebody else, you begin to look down upon them. Because after all, you don't do what they do. You are better than they are. It makes you feel haughty. But if you're in relationship with Father, you know that there is nothing good that you can do to enter into his, enter into his goodwill, his, his presence, his grace, his favor. You know it's through Christ alone. And so you're forever grateful for him. You're forever grateful for what he has done, for, for what Jesus did for you upon the cross. You're forever grateful for his precious blood that was shed on your behalf. You know that you in and of yourself is not, you're not worthy to receive the goodness of God, but you know you receive his goodness based on his goodness and not on yours. So you're not looking down on others, but you're compassionate toward them. You desire that they be filled as well. Now let's conclude with this today. We're not going to get finished with it. We're going to go into part three. The Lord wills, willing on next week. Let's look at uh, Matthew 15. Because Jesus talked about uh, the religious leaders of that day. And I want you to see this today. Jesus talks about the religious leaders here, the scribes and Pharisees. Let's look at Matthew 15, verse 8 through verse 8 and 9. It says this. The Lord said, This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's the definition of religion. You can do good stuff and say good stuff, but God not have your heart. But if he has your heart, you'll do good stuff and say good stuff. Verse 9 says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. The Lord said it's vanity. Let's look at Matthew, Matthew 23, verse 27, 28. The Lord goes on, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So religion gives you a beautiful exterior. Oh, you are so holy. You are so holy. But God sees you and says, you are so filthy. You are so filthy. Because it's not about the works as it is so much about you believing. Right believing will lead you into right actions. Right believing will lead you into right actions. Wrong believing will lead you into wrong actions. That's why Jesus said, don't labor for this temporal stuff here. Make sure that you focus. Make sure that you're nourishing yourself the Word of God. Spending that time, that quality time with Father every day. Asking him for your daily bread. 
And remember, you're going to have to have a specific time that you meet with him. If you just say, well, I'll pray sometime today, the enemy will make sure that you are so busy that your day will go by so fast. And then you wind up in bed and say, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. We'll do it tomorrow, Lord. It's the same thing with exercise. I can't get no talking here. Unless you schedule it, unless you schedule it, chances are you're not going to do it. Why leave something so important to chance? Maybe I'll have a chance to do it. Maybe I'll have a chance to meet with the Lord today. Maybe, 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 maybe. Why schedule something so, I mean, why leave something so important to chance? Why not? Schedule that time first. Lord, I'm going to meet with you. Why not do it first? Hallelujah. We need to make sure our focus is correct. Our focus is correct. Make sure your focus is correct. How is it possible for us to spend hours and hours in front of the TV set glued? (laughs) Glued. And not move. Got to go to the bathroom and you won't go. (laughs) And not say one word. But we get in the church and how much more longer we got to go? How much longer? My goodness. What are you feeding on? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the words you've given us today. Lord, I do pray today that your people have heard your word. And Lord, I pray that your word will fall upon good ground where it will produce much fruit. Lord, I pray that you give your people grace to enter into your presence and give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Father, I pray an impartation of wisdom and grace upon your people that they enter into that special place with you. Lord, give them wisdom to know when and where and how, because I know, Lord, that in that place, that place you desire them to be, in that place you'll meet them there. I pray, Lord, that our priorities will be set and in place as they should be, and we will focus on Christ. Bless them, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys next week. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.